Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So, I have a problem, and I think it's a problem that I think you can probably help me with, Marco, and I think it's something that um, we need to talk about. Are you breaking up with me? No, no, nothing like that. Good. But it's it's an area that I, I hear that you're an expert in, um, and I feel like I just, I just need some advice. So this last week, um, I've been you know have dealing with kind of a tricky situation um, program, programmatically. So I'm working on Workouts Plus Plus. I have um, been adding a whole bunch of new features to it. It's been this really nice like update that I'm I've planned for the you know, for the end of this year. And there's one one thing left, basically. Like, I have this one big task I need to undertake. I need to um, redesign the workout configuration screen. And it's kind of this big multi-day task that I'm kind of honestly scared about. And the thing that I'm struggling with is what is the best methods that I can use uh, to procrastinate and not do it? Because that is essentially what I have found myself <laughs> doing for the last week. Um, and uh, in all honesty, I thought it would be an interesting thing to discuss because I started to keep track of what things I should, uh, what have I, well, all the strategies that I have come up with to avoid doing this task. Um, and so far, my list is 19 different things that I have done in the last week to avoid doing this. Um, and so, Hey, there's just a little bit of comedy in that. And, you know, I'm sure you have your own, and I think it actually is interesting to, uh, to unpack a little bit of what the things that I do, um, are because the more I think about this and like, as from slightly self-aware, like the thing that is likely most, most likely to get me to actually, you know, attack this problem and to solve it is to recognize when I'm doing the things that are avoidance and when I'm, you know, and recognize them for what they are. And, you know, maybe sometimes that's okay, but the reality is like when I do some of these things, like I, you know, the first one on my list is implementing random new small features. Like, <laughs> yep, I do that. I, I, I've, I do, I do, like, I've just been doing that randomly and like the whole, which in some ways is great. Like I've added some really cool, interesting ideas to workouts plus plus, but at the same time I was like, I'm just, why am I adding these random features that, um, are, are not core to you know the core experience of the app um, when all I'm really doing is just putting off this thing that is absolutely essential that I cannot ship this update um, without doing. So anyway, I hear you're an expert in, in, in avoiding work. So you seem, you seem the, right th- the right person to talk to about this problem I'm having. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like procrastinating. working. It's like there's something that you really don't want to do. And so instead of doing that, you do other things that make you feel productive uh, <laughs> that, that maybe are productive, but are still not the thing you're really supposed to be doing or like the one big thing that you have to do. Like it's not that thing, but you're doing other things that nevertheless are either useful or valuable or productive uh, in some other way. So uh, this happens to me all the time. It is really hard for me to motivate myself to work on something I don't feel like doing. Uh, this was always a problem in my entire schooling uh, when I was a kid and, you know, like doing any, any ever motivating myself to do homework or anything. It was just like impossible for me. Like it was like there was a brick wall. This is probably just my lack of work ethic or being lazy or something like that. I, I don't think there's any kind of clinical explanation for this, but uh, basically just Im- it, making it impossible for me to do things I don't feel like doing or, to, or that I'm discouraged from doing or that I don't want to do. Um, so I've always suffered from that or had problems with that. Um, I have never found ways to manage it. 
uh, and I probably never will find ways to manage it. If I ha- if I hadn't even started by the time I'm now 35 and I still haven't figured out how to how to how to do things that I want to do, I'm I'm probably <laughs> this probably is not the kind of thing I'm going to get better at uh, over time. Uh, I just have to figure out ways to manage it and work around it. I too am facing large barriers. For me, it's it's almost debilitating for overcast development right now because I'm I'm very susceptible to convincing myself that a crazy UI hack is worth doing because it makes the app nicer or it achieves something I want to achieve in, in the UI. And so over time, in all of my apps, I have always, even though I've told you and the listeners on this show, just stick with stock UI kit stuff. Don't hack it. Don't do crazy stuff. Don't do crazy custom stuff if you don't have to. Like You're better off sticking with custom, or sticking with stock stuff. The reason I say that is because I keep not following that advice myself and I keep doing crazy UI stuff that takes massive amounts of development time, creates huge numbers of weird little bugs and animation bugs and everything else that I then have to spend more development time on. And then if Apple changes some critical thing or I want to adopt some new kind of style, like you know, like moving from a collection view to a, or from a table view to a collection view or something like that. Like if, if I wanted to do something fancy or something new, or in the case of iOS 11, things like adopting drag and drop uh, for reordering, that then requires me to throw out my giant pile of hacks that I did before and possibly create a new one. And so my iOS 11 update has been plagued with massive amounts of messing with the UI. First of all, iOS 11 basically seems to have rewritten UI table view. Like the way UI table view works in iOS 11 is so different, uh, especially in the ways it manages sizing and, anima- and animations. Basically, it broke all of my table views in, in some way or another. And it, bro- it broke all of my custom cells. And it, it, it broke everything about how I do it. And the only reason Overcast runs on iOS 11 at all right now uh, in, the, in the public version is that when it's built against a previous SDK, like the iOS 10 SDK, it runs in a compatibility mode. And Apple seems to be using mostly the old UI table view code for apps that are built against it, which is nice. Uh, but I can't just keep building my app against I, against the iOS 10 SDK forever. So I I and I can't use iOS 11 features without building against the iOS 11 SDK. So I have to basically in the process of adopting some pretty basic iOS 11 stuff, I, I've had to rewrite many of my core table view logic and cells and views and everything else. And turns out podcast apps have a lot of those. Uh, so, so it's, it has been a massive undertaking and it's incredibly demoralizing because all I want to do is work on like features. Like that's all I want to do. I have so many great ideas for cool features I want to do and I'm stuck working for months on end, months and months and months on animation glitches and minor UI stuff that I, that all I'm doing is trying to restore it from where it was before to the new iOS 11 version and, and it is horrible. So uh, instead of doing that, I, or rather in addition to doing that, really, um, I have also taken lots of uh, time here to do other things. So I've been, you know, modifying the UI to accommodate things people actually want, like the one tap play thing. You know, I didn't have to do that in this update, but I kind of shoved it in because I needed a break from doing all the incredibly tedious and demoralizing table view hacking. Uh, so I did that. I have de- I've debated and tweaked and even shared it on Twitter the process of doing lots of different UI details. Uh, I have also added you know a couple new settings <laughs> and um, fixed that longstanding uh, copy in the search box crashing bug. Uh, thanks to Brent Simmons for that. And 
so there have been so many things that I've done in the meantime. I have uh, set up a whole new laptop. I have my, currently I'm recording on a laptop because I finally brought in my iMac for repair because the warranty expires in nine days, and I figured I might as well get it repaired. So that's a whole ordeal to like prepare an iMac, to, to prepare your main computer to go into Apple for a week, then prepare another computer to be your main computer in the meantime. Uh, I'm getting my dog a haircut this afternoon. My kitchen has never been cleaner than it has been these last few weeks because it's like anytime there's a speck of anything in the kitchen or anything is out i clean it immediately because that's something to do that feels productive uh i mean it, we've <laughs> we've played a lot of stardew uh, stardew valley in our house <laughs> in the last few weeks uh that for some reason feels productive because it's a game that feels like work uh so <laughs> it's, it's it is crazy how much i have done in the in the app in the last few months really and and in the last few weeks solely to keep myself sane while I have either been procrastinating or been slogging through working on these horrible UI things that I honestly just do not want to do not want to work on, and I just cannot wait for it to be done and shipped. Uh, oh, not to mention the iPhone 10 and adopting to that all the like all the insets that and everything. Like it turns out that while Apple has made a pretty good system with the safe area insets and safe area guides and everything, like. The API is actually pretty complete and pretty rich for that, and I'm I'm really happy working with it when I do. Uh, but if your app supports landscape orientation at all, you probably have to work on every single screen in the app to adopt to adopt to the iPhone 10. Any screen that supports landscape on an iPhone probably needs work. Uh, not to mention every screen, you know, in portrait orientation needs at least consideration. If you have anything beyond a very basic navigation bar and toolbar stock setup, anything else where you put anything anywhere near an edge or the top or the bottom or a corner. Uh, and by the way, uh, for for the past decade, stock iOS design has meant putting things in corners. Now we have no corners. Uh, so that's a challenge. So like there's, there is so much like tedious, demoralizing work that I've had to do just to catch up to iOS 11 and the iPhone 10, that I'm just starving for ways to procrastinate and and other things to do that can that can kind of give me the little like the little happy boost of having accomplished something uh, beyond just slogging away at another safe area insets thing or another UI table view animation bug. Well, that's somewhere that I can help you because I have a long list of other approaches that you haven't mentioned so far <laughs> um, to avoid work. So like I, oh, there's organizing your to-do list, um, which is great. And then, <laughs> oh yeah, I did that. I did that last night. I, I merged all the beta feedback from multiple sources into one document that I'm now working off. <laughs> and then the best part, once you've done that, right, is then you, then you start to question your to-do list method in the first place. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and if you're using the right app for it, um, you want to explore, try out a few other apps, um, or try, you know, tr- tr- think, think about, oh, what if there's a different method or approach? Um, so I did that. I've, I've done that for a while. Um, I've gone through all my e- you know, e- emails I was supposed to respond to for, um, you know, several weeks that have been, you know, b- backing up in my inbox. Um, I watched a few WWDC videos um, oh, that that's I've been a good one. to for a while, which is great. It feels so productive to be in there. Like there's code. <laughs> I feel like I'm learning. Um, I went field testing. So like I have a workout app, right? So like I can go for a walk. <laughs> yeah, field testing like, for you means I went for a walk. <laughs> it's great, right? Or like I it's fell so asleep. productive. <laughs> it was a sleep tracker too it's like oh i i took a nap to test my i have to, I have to test this app 
I mean, perfect, right? Like that, that's exactly this. This is the right mindset. That, that yeah, I see yeah. we're, on, we're on the we're on the same wavelength here. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been solving other people's problems. Like anytime, so you you have a anytime you mention any kind of design issue with Overcast, I'm like right there. Like you yes, are. Yeah. Let me let me get in there. Let me solve other people's problems because their problems are better than mine. Yeah, your feedback has been awesome. <laughs> Very detailed. <laughs> yeah, I got lots of time. I got lots of attention for it. <laughs> Um, I, this may not surprise you. I've prototyped uh, at least one or maybe two apps. Of course, um, why not? <laughs> That's just a typical Tuesday, right? <laughs> you know, just just like, hey, I have this idea. Why don't I try it out? Hey, great! There goes the end. There goes half a day. Um, I decide. You know what I need to do to to build this feature? Like, I, I'm just maybe I'm just scared of it because I don't know what it's going to look like. I haven't designed it yet. So you know, you know, I usually just design in code. But maybe what I should do is I should design in paper, and then I need to explore. Um, different ways of you know designing in paper and mm-hmm. like finding the right grid and the right, the right dot grid that I need to within that. Yeah, um, I mean, you have to buy a new notebook, maybe some drafting pens. Yeah, I mean, I thought about buying a notebook, but the problem is the shipping, <laughs> and it doesn't feel productive if you have to wait on shipping. It's much more productive if I can just spend a while going through PDFs of like printable guides and deciding which one is exactly <laughs> right, um, rather than just you know buying the what is it the the, the Pano book, the new book that uh, the Studio Neat guys came out with, and then I'd be done. Like that'd take five minutes. No, no, no. I need to I need to really research this um, and, and make sure I'm doing it the right way. Um, I, I have the ability. I worked on other apps, um, which was fun. Naturally, um, just yeah. like you know, some of my other apps that had been slightly neglected. Um, I was like, oh great, I re- I really have. I need to work on them instead. Um, let's see. I spent a while trying to find just the right music, um, to listen to while I was trying to solve this problem because <laughs> clearly that's the problem. Yeah, that's um, that's was, definitely the problem. And now you have to also research headphones, streaming services. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe get into the weird worlds of like ASMR and other weird stuff that you could be listening to instead of music. Uh, there's hey, maybe it books. would help. <laughs> you know, maybe it would help. Maybe that would be. Uh, uh, maybe that's my problem. I'm just mm-hmm. listening to the wrong music. Yeah, you can maybe um, maybe work on your desk setup. Like if you if you need to like clean your desk or oh, that's, that's, rearrange that's the next things. thing on my list. That's number seventeen. <laughs> clean my office. Yes. I mean, it is amazing how how you can. I mean. I, I will confess, my office is not really clean, but I've moved stuff around a lot. Like, nothing is where it was at the beginning of the week. It's not really clean. <laughs> it's just moved. It's just different. Um, see, I've gone upstairs, and I've, it's, it's like, you know what I need? Oh, I need to take a break and like make a, maybe make a cup of coffee, get a snack. Maybe it's like blood sugar issues. Like, maybe that's why I can't focus and work on this thing. I need to like, you know, have a nice snack and maybe get a little caffeine. Maybe that'll solve me. Uh, even bought, I bought some hardware. Like I got a new hard drive set up for our, our media at home. Like you know, yeah, you needed that. I, I totally needed to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like it is amazing how creative you can be when you're trying to avoid doing something. Like all of those things that I just went through, like are things that I did and are like sort of productive, like sort of useful, but in reality, I'm not really not really so it's it's like lots of movement not moving in the right direction um you know like oh, it's so frustrating when when you when, when i start to like actually like self-reflect about it and like see what i'm doing because like i feel like when i in some ways i, I really appreciated when i worked uh like i mean it's, it's, it feels like like a lifetime ago but back when i you know i worked for in a more traditional programming job where i had a boss who would tell me to do something um, even if I didn't want to do it, like I could just sort of, I could begrudgingly do it because I kind of had to, 
Um, I could have, I mean, not that I was like perfectly productive um, in that environment. And there were many times that I still like found things to do to avoid doing it. Um, but there was certainly something powerful in having somebody at the end of the day being like, so where you, you know, sh- show me how far you've gotten on this feature. Um, and if I didn't have anything to show, like that would reflect poorly on me and you know, I'd be embarrassed or, um, you know, like feel like I hadn't been you know, sort of doing things right. And it would be socially awkward. And I mean, I'll do a lot to avoid being socially awkward um, or avoid socially awkward situations. And so I would, I could, I could work on it and I could get things done in that way. But um, without that, without somebody who is like, I'm accountable to for building something, it is so easy to just come up with a reason to, to not. And it, it's like, the thing that is so rough. I think you mentioned this, it's like, it feels like, physically it's like from a physical perspective like it actually feels good because you're able to like get the like i and think the awkward thing is you probably i probably get just as much like immediate satisfaction from you know reorganizing my desk um as i will in two or three days when i finally finish this big redesign and like that's kind of awkward because it's not like it grows proportionally with the diff with the difficulty of the task um, if it did, like in some ways I'd have this like built in incentive, like, oh man, once I solve this really big problem, I'll feel really, really good. But the reality is, at least for myself, is like, I'll probably feel just as productive and just as a sense of accomplishment. Maybe like I'll feel 10% more than I will for just moving stuff around on my desk. Um, and then not remembering where anything is. We are sponsored this week by Linode. Linode has fast and powerful hosting options that you can set up in just seconds. Their tools are easy to understand, and they let you choose your resource level and your Linux distro, giving you the power and flexibility that you need. And Linode plans now start at just $5 a month for a Linux server with 1 gig of RAM in the Linode cloud. Whether you're getting started with just your first server or whether you're deploying a complex system, I think I have something like 25 Linodes, something like that, Linode is the right choice for you. Linode offers the fastest hardware and network with fantastic customer support behind it all. It has never been easier to launch a Linode cloud server. And they have lots of great tutorials. If you like, even if you're not using Linode, if you want to know how to do something with Linux system administration, if you just search the web for like, you know, a guide to set up Nginx or something like that, there's a very good chance Linode's support documents are going to show up in that search. And that's going to be the what helps you out. They make it so easy. They have great documentation, great customer support if you need it. Linode guarantees 99.9% uptime for server availability, and once your server is up, they keep it that way. Linode's great for tasks like hosting databases, running a mail server, running private Git servers, operating entire powerful applications, and so much more. So check it out today at linode.com slash radar. They have fantastic pricing options. You can get a server with one gig of RAM for just five bucks a month. You can go all the way up to 16 gigs of RAM for just 60 bucks a month. Across the board, this is twice the amount of RAM that you'll get elsewhere. Once again, if you sign up at linode.com slash radar, you will support our show and you will get $20 towards any Linode plan. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash radar to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit or use promo code RADAR2017 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for supporting the show. So I think one thing you've touched on is there's different value to how you spend your time and and there's there's value to you and there's value to your customers or your users or your apps and there needs to be a balance of both really like 
you know, you, like you mentioned, like it feels great to clean up your desk and rearrange things or or do things in other apps, but like so, so that in that way, like you are like you're you're kind of paying yourself there. You're doing something to satisfy yourself, but your customers are getting nothing to very little from that. Um, your customers and and your apps also need their needs to be satisfied, and so and and your business needs its needs to be satisfied. So ultimately the the correct balance is both and like you know like in my case i again i'm I'm not great at this but like i have tried to do that myself where i am some of the ways i'm procrastinating are adding features to the app that people actually want anyway you know i'm not just doing the ui stuff and also i'm having to do things like that just to keep myself motivated to keep going at all because otherwise i would just fall into a big rut and just not get anything done for months which has happened before and will probably happen again. But, you know, like in order to avoid falling into a rut and and doing nothing for a while, I have to do things that are interesting to me sometimes. But I can do like, you know, one of those a week and then try to spend the rest of the week doing what I actually have to do. And I feel like that's a good balance. Um, If I only did things that weren't the big thing I had to do, then that big thing wouldn't get done, and then I would be like, you know, doing these interesting things that you know, you know, things like, oh, this would be a great time to adopt, you know, RX Swift or <laughs> unit testing <laughs> or some other thing that Casey likes, and like, it, if I did that, like, that would be nice. That might be interesting. That might be satisfying. That might bring other benefits. But if a major version of my app is being delayed while I, you know, mess around with other stuff like that, that's ultimately hurting the app and. That's not going to make that big need go away. Like I'm, you're still going to need to do the big thing. You're still going to need to finally do the thing that you've been putting off. Now you're just doing it later. So there is a balance to be struck, but and and you can't. It's like it's like uh, you know queue starvation or priority priority starvation. Like you can't totally ignore the big thing. You have to eventually do it. What do you think are strategies to actually finally just do it? Yeah, and I think that's the thing that I've been thinking about. And I mean, in some ways, well, this is the thing that I love about having a podcast, right? Because it kind of like I started working in earnest on this feature that I haven't been I've been putting off this morning, like a couple hours ago, when I decided that we were going to talk about it on the show. And partly, it's like a, not everyone has a podcast that they can talk about and then like feel bad if they hadn't actually started. Um, but I think the key thing that I was realizing is, hey, it's like the the importance of being honest with ourselves because. As much as I would like to say, like, it's like you can't just will yourself to be more productive or be more motivated. Um, like, maybe that works for some people, but it certainly doesn't work for me. And from my experience with most talking to other people, like, it is the kind of thing that you, all you can do is put yourself in an environment where you are likely to be motivated. Um, but you cannot, like, directly affect motivation itself. Like, it is somewhat more ephemeral um, in that way. And so, what you end up with are like, what are things that you can do to try and make it, make yourself more motivated, or at the very least to short circuit the things that are unmotivating you. And so like, as an example, something that I honestly have started to do that I think has been very helpful in shortening the amount of time I spend doing, you know, these sort of these things that feel productive, but aren't actually working towards my, my fundamental goals, um, is to be just trying to be more mindful of what, the, when I'm doing that, and so it's like being aware of like, it was actually really productive for me to sit down and, you know, make this list of 19 things that I've done to avoid working on this feature. <laughs> 
because now that it's a list, like it feels less scary and it feels more like it just it's it's very this this concrete thing. And I can choose to add something to that list or I can work on work on the actual feature. And at a certain point, adding another thing to the list feels worse than working on the feature. Um, And so that's like a productive thing to just be aware of when you're doing it and not end up just spending three days doing something, you know, work adding random features to the app um, as an avoidance mechanism and not be aware that you're doing it and why you're doing it. Um, Because it's totally fine to do those things and to be like, you know, I don't want to work on that today. I'm going to do this other random thing there. But at least then it's a conscious choice. At least it's like a thing that I'm choosing to do rather than sort of doing, letting my, you know, sort of subconscious avoid the work um, on its own. Um, You know, it's like if I make a choice, then at least that's slightly better. Um, And I think, too, the other thing that I was, a strategy that I was thinking about when I was trying to think of like, how, like, what's the actual, like, you know, the, the end advice to give at the end of this episode. And I think, um, the other thing is to try and understand why you don't want to do it. Um, because a, it's probably useful to make sure, like, is this actually something that I need to do? Like, am I avoiding it because I don't think it's actually a good feature or because I don't think it's actually going to be useful or like I'm doing it for the wrong reason. Like I'm adding this feature because I think it's like, it's what all the cool kids are doing, but it's not really doesn't fit with the style of my app or something like that. For example, like if you're adding it right, you're adding this feature because you think Apple will love you because you're implementing a new API or something like if, if it's for a reason that's external like that, like make sure that it's you internally actually want to do it because if you don't, like sometimes there are certainly things that are externally, you know, foisted on you that you have no choice about. Like you have to file your taxes with the IRS every year, like otherwise really bad things happen, but not implementing the hot new API you know, Apple isn't going to come knocking on your door in the same way. Um, so being aware of that and making sure that it is something that you need to do and you actually should do. And if, um, if that is the case, then like, what is it about it that makes it scary? You know, like for me in this case, like what I've kind of come to understand is that I just, what I, what's, what's got, what made me scared is that it felt like something that I couldn't wrap my arms around. Like it was this is sort of this slightly too big problem. And so to get started, like what I did this morning when I got, actually got started on working on it is I said, okay, I'm not going to worry about impl- like this, cr- this crazy complexity tree that I'm about to have to go down. I'm just going to worry about the first step. I'm just going to do this thing. I'm going to get that going. And then that was a lot less scary. And then from here, you know, I'll implement the next screen and I'll implement the next screen. And in the back of my mind, like there's that little part of me that says, you know, Dave, there's probably going to be like 20, 30 screens you're going to have to implement t- to make this work. Like, isn't that crazy and scary? Um, and that's just like consciously saying to myself, it's like, it's okay. I'm just going to worry about this one right now. Um, I know. And, and that made it a little bit better for me. It made me just, it's like, it's a little bit silly that I'm, you know, I'm a grown man, but I have to like t- you know, coach myself through doing my job. But that's where I am. And so like, whatever, that's, that's who I am. And it's, I found that it works, um, you know, to, to break it down into something that's slightly less scary when I was able to realize that the thing that made it scary was how big it was. Yeah. That's a really good way to look at it because, you know, I, I think part of one of the biggest challenges of indie work is that as you mentioned earlier, like, like the, the boss effect goes away mostly, you know, there are external, deadline imposers like you know when a new iphone comes out and stuff like that but for the most part like the boss goes away and and so you have to really get to know yourself and get to know 
like and you know like the same basically what your bosses always did when you had jobs which is like figure out how, how you know how you work figure out what you're motivated by what you're not motivated by and figure out how to manage your motivation levels and how to get how to get good work out of you the, your bosses uh, you know our bosses throughout our jobs always had to figure that out about us now that is gone and we have to figure that out about ourselves and we have to start learning how you know how we fail what motivates us what doesn't and how to get good work out of ourselves and because there's no one else to do it then you know you're you know when you're on your own the way we are like you have to be the person to motivate yourself in some way and and manage the way you work and find a way to get good output out of yourself despite your flaws yeah and i think too it's the importance of not beating yourself up about it as you learn and discover and are able to sort of better manage yourself. Um, because I know that is something that I have struggled with a lot is that I feel like my, my biggest imposter syndrome moments come at these times when I am struggling with motivation. And I feel like it's like, wow, I did not get anything done this week. Like what I, who am I kidding? I'm not any, like, I'm not, there's no way I'm going to be a successful developer. There's no way I'm going to be able to make a living of this. And like, this is the things that I tell myself like now, eight years on into this process. And I think it's the importance of like, don't, don't beat yourself up about it. Like, this is just the process. Just try and be patient with yourself and understand that this is a, a process you have to actively manage that doesn't happen on its own. It's not like this magic thing and there are people who just like are always productive. It's like the people who are probably the most productive are just the people who understand what makes them unproductive the most and have strategies around of you know minimizing those things over time. And like that's what makes them those these the, the, that's what makes them productive is by just being aware of themselves and managing themselves accordingly. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.